Thank you, Lord. Please take your seats. I think it was worth taking time just to, to do that and to just bow the knee before God. And, you know, you know where you're at in your life with that. You know the areas of your life where you're holding stuff back, where God hasn't got full control. And I just want to encourage you, just every day, just bow the knee before God and give him full control because there is no better way. There is nothing better for your life than putting Jesus first. Amen? <laughs> awesome. Well, it feels like ages since I've been up here sharing the word of God. But it's my day today, so um, would you please turn in your Bibles to Matthew 6, verse 33. Um, so I'm normally a four-page notes person. Um, today I've got two pages. And all the church said. <laughs> because normally I'm a bit of a, I like to teach, but today... It's probably still going to be teachy, to be honest, because that's just who I am. Uh, but it's going to be shorter, maybe. <laughs> um, so, famous last words, hey. Uh, so, I just want to talk about doing the right thing today. Doing the right thing. Um, there's a Simply Red song, Mick Hucknall. I, oh I, oh I, I'm going to do the right thing. Anyone know the song? All right, good. Don't pretend you don't. Maybe the older generation know the song better than the younger generation, right? Um, my voice is still a little bit raspy, but I am healed, uh, and I'm well, and, um, and I'm not coughing at all, am I, Carla, at night, keeping you away? Oh, we talked about that last week, didn't we? So we won't talk about that again. Um, <clears throat> so there's three things I want to talk about today when it comes to the right thing. I want to talk about what is the right thing, why should we do the right thing, and when should we do the right thing? I'm going to keep it really simple today. What is the right thing? Why we should do the right thing? And when should we do the right thing? So let's start with Matthew 6, verse 33. This is from the New Living Translation. It says this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. In uh, the New King James Version, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, so... God's kingdom should be priority in our lives. But it doesn't just say, seek first the kingdom of God. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and what? And <coughs> live righteously. Live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Now, to live righteously is simply to do things God's way. Or to do things God's kingdom way. You know, Jesus spent three years with his disciples, teaching, him, teaching them the way of the kingdom. Everywhere Jesus went, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. That was, how can you enter into or access the kingdom of God? And that's through salvation through Jesus. And, how, and what do you need to know about the kingdom? How, how can you live 
according to God's kingdom ways. And he taught his disciples that. And of course, we know in Matthew 28, when Jesus gave us the Great Commission, he says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. So in other words, our job is to teach the kingdom of God, is to teach people how to live for God's kingdom. So live righteously, it says in that translation in Matthew 6, verse 33. Live righteously. To live righteously is to do things God's way. Who wants to do things God's way? Okay, we're going to talk about what that looks like. And then we're going to talk about why we should do things God's way. Maybe the wrong way around, but that's how it is. So as Christians, doing the right thing is to do things God's way. Now, I don't know your specific situation, but I do know that God wants you to do things his way. And when you do things God's way, um, that is when you can expect the very best outcomes. And that's when you can have the assurance that as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all the other stuff falls into place. And that's my experience. So my experience all the other stuff, the stuff that we naturally would worry about, all of that stuff falls into place when you make God's kingdom and living his way your priority. Amen? So how do we know what the right thing is? Now again, I don't know your specific situation, but you do. And as I go through my message today, I just want you to think about What is the right thing? What is God's way of doing things in my situation? Not mine. You know, as Christians, we we like to think about other people and how they should sort things out in their lives. But today, today, think about your life. Okay, think about your life. What is the right thing in your life? What's God's kingdom way of doing things? How do we discover what God's way is? Well, first of all, the guidance of the Bible. Now, the Bible we refer to as the Word of God because that's what it is. It's the Word of God, or the Greek word, the logos of God, which means the logic, the wisdom, the thoughts, the intents of God in written form revealed to us. That's what the Bible is. So if you want to know what the right thing is, this is the very first place to look. Amen? The Word of God. And of course, Jesus was also referred to as the Word of God, the Logos of God. Again, the wisdom, the logic, the intent, uh, the expression of God in a human being. So we've got Jesus, we've got the Bible, the Word of God to look at when it comes to doing the right thing. And if you look at Jesus' life, you see that Jesus displayed the very nature of God through his life, through his character. Jesus walked in the fullness of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which in Galatians 5, that's described as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the result of the the Spirit of God living in us. And and actually, it's also a great description of the character of Christ. And when, when Jesus lived in those things, what he was doing was simply revealing the nature of God through his life. So you look at the Bible, you look at Jesus very first to discover what the right thing is. God's wisdom in Jesus and in the Bible reveals the right thing when it comes to relationships, the right thing when it comes to friendships, the right thing when it comes to marriage. 
It reveals the right thing when it comes to work and business. It reveals the right thing when it comes to how you live your life in all areas of your life. It reveals the right thing when it comes to um, politics and um, all issues of life, when it comes to um, dealing with sickness and dealing with grief and dealing with pain. The Word of God reveals the right thing, God's way of doing things. It's very, very clear. So that's the first, first way we can know what the right thing is. The second way, so basically for each of my three points, there's four sub-points. I can't get away from points. I just love points. So the guidance of the Bible, the second thing, the way that we can know what the right thing is, is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it wonderful that God himself lives in us? God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. And God is always ready to speak to us. That's the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised when he left his disciples that he would give them another gift. uh, And that gift was the Holy Spirit. The divine counsellor, the comforter, the helper, the coach who we have alongside us every day. And so we can ask God, the Holy Spirit, to guide us in every situation of life. And guess what? Whatever the Holy Spirit say to you, says to you, it will always line up with the Word of God. And if you tell me that the Holy Spirit is um, telling you something that is contrary to what the Word of God says, then I will tell you that's not the Holy Spirit speaking. Amen? Another way that we can know what the right thing is, is the guidance of wise friends or even pastors. Um, and, you know, I don't know about Sean, um, but certainly me and Carla, um, you know, there's, there's people in our church family who will regularly come to us and say, what do you think? Um, and you know what? I, I don't really want everyone coming to me and saying, what do you think? Because... It result in a lot of busyness, but we've got a lot of pastors and we've got a lot of good, wise brothers and sisters in our church family. And it's a good thing, it's a really good thing to have people in your life who you go to and you say, what do you think? Isn't it? Right? In, in the presence of many counsellors, there is wisdom. Um, have a couple of good people in your life who you can go to and say, what do you think? What wisdom do you have to share with me? What do you think the Word of God says about this situation in my life? What do you think God might be saying to me in this situation? And at the very least, what they can do is offer to pray with you and say, I'm not sure, but let's turn to the Word and let's pray and let's ask God to speak to us. Amen? And the fourth thing, um, the fourth area of guidance we can have when it comes to doing the right thing is our personal convictions as well. So I suppose what I'm saying is there's, there's a lot of instances in the Bible when um, the Bible says um, one or the other isn't right or wrong. It's up to you to decide. And so, for example, when it comes to, to the food we eat, there's a lot of people who are personally convicted that they uh, shouldn't eat meat um, or should eat particular, a, a particular diet. And that's okay. That's a good thing. Um, and um, we shouldn't try and push our convictions on others. We, we should be ready to teach what the Word of God says um, when there's fundamental things in the Word of God um, regarding things like relationships and friendships and, um, and how we handle um, 
things like pain and grief and suffering. But actually, um, there's a lot of areas in our lives where it's up to our personal convictions. And what I would say to you is if you're convicted about a certain thing um, where, where clearly God's leaving it up to us to make that decision, then make sure you go with your convictions. Don't, don't be pressured into to not going with what your true convictions are. So, so what's the right thing for you? What's the right thing for your life? What's God's way of doing things? Well, the Bible tells us, the Holy Spirit tells us, wise friends and pastors uh, can tell us, and also our personal convictions can help guide us on the right path for our lives. Amen? <clears throat> the second thing I want to talk about is why should we do the right thing? Well, the very first reason why I think we should do the right thing is to honour God. When you do the right thing by God, when, when you do something because you know that's what God wants, that really honours God. It says, God, I recognise the position that you have in my life as God and I want to honour you in that position. I want to honour who you are in my life. I believe that you know best, and therefore I'm going to do things your way. And sometimes we're not convinced maybe ourselves that doing things a certain way, or maybe even God's way, is going to have the best outcome, but because it's God's way, we determine that we're going to honour God. And you can't go wrong honouring God. Amen? Hello? You can't go wrong honouring God. When you put God first, when you determine that what you do is going to be God's way of doing it, then that really honours God. And there is such blessing in honouring God. Um, The second reason why we should do the right thing is because it glorifies God. And that's different to honouring God. When you glorify God, you exalt him. When you glorify God... Um, you say, God, you are worthy of my praise. You turn your praise to God. And it, when you do the right thing in your life, it also causes other people to turn their praise to God. It glorifies God when you do the right thing. You know, people are watching your life. Do you know that? Especially people outside of, of this room. There's probably people in this room watching you as well. Um, <clears throat> and they're really interested as to the decisions you make because you say that you're a Christian and you're putting God first and you're doing things his way. And when they see you doing that, they will see the blessing that follows that eventually because there's a journey sometimes, isn't there? But they will see the blessing that follows that and they will glorify God as well. Amen. The third reason why we should do the right thing is that doing the right thing takes us on the path that leads to life. And God said to his people in the Old Testament, I set before you blessing and cursing. You've got a choice to make. You can take the path that leads to life or the path that leads you into destruction. And God desperately, desperately wanted his people to take the path that would lead to life. He wanted his people to do the right thing. Um, Yet so often the children of Israel chose the wrong thing. They worshipped idols. They they had all sorts of stuff going on um, in their lives that didn't honour God. And so, you know, they lived in the result of that. But today, 
We live in the result of Jesus doing the right thing, don't we? When Jesus went to the cross, Jesus took our sin upon himself. He did everything perfectly right. And so all of that wrongness, all of that stuff was taken by Jesus when he died on the cross, paid for, and we were made right before God. So there's nothing you can do that can make you more right before God. Yet, as we walk through this life, doing the right thing, doing things God's way, takes us on this path that leads to his blessing and his life. And I want to take that path. Amen? I want to live a life that that not just honours God and glorifies God, but takes the path that leads to life, that leads to the blessing of God. And that leads me on to my fourth point as to why we should do the right thing. Because actually doing the right thing, um, we do the right thing because we want to enjoy the reward. And that's secondary actually to honouring God and glorifying God. uh, And even choosing the path that leads to life. But we do the right thing because we want to um, enjoy the reward. Now that's not my motivation It's definitely not my motivation for doing the right thing, but it's a great offshoot of doing the right thing. And do you remember in the parable of the talents, um, there were three servants who were given responsibility in the kingdom. And two of those servants, um, they were faithful with the responsibility that they were given. The third servant was not faithful with the responsibility. They didn't want that responsibility and they buried the treasure that they were given in the ground because they didn't want that. But the two servants who were faithful with what they were given were rewarded, weren't they? They they entered into the joy of their Lord and they were promoted in his kingdom. And the truth is that we can't be more right before God through our works. Jesus has made us right before God And it's simply a case of repent and believe. Repent means turn your back on the old way of life. Believe in Jesus. You are made right before God, 100% perfect in God's sight. However, there is still the call of God upon our lives to live right before him. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that we were created in Christ Jesus um, to do good works. Amen? That we, we were create, we're, his, we're his precious possession, his precious creation, and we were created to do good works for him. <clears throat> we're not saved by, by good works, we're saved through Jesus, but we're created for good works. And the truth is that once we leave this life, we step into the kingdom of heaven. And in the kingdom of heaven, there is reward for those who are faithful with what God gave you to do in this life. I think I need to cough. I just heard Carla say this is what I have to live with (laughs) so what's the right thing we look for the guidance of the Bible the Holy Spirit wise friends pastors and um, for the guidance of our own convictions our own conscience Um, secondly why do the right thing because we want to honour God, we want to glorify God, we want to take the path that leads to life, and we want to enjoy the reward of doing the right thing. 
But the main thing I want to talk about now is when, when should we do the right thing? Number one, when you are being watched. 1 Peter 2 verses 11 and 12 says this. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God when he judges the world. So actually, it, it seems here that doing the right thing, doing things God's way in our lives, is a great tool of evangelism. So let me encourage you. People are watching your life. Do the right thing. Second point in this third section, when should we do the right thing? Second point is this, when no one is watching. (laughs) And that can be the harder one sometimes. When no one is watching, but it's the real test of your maturity in God, of of your character, isn't it? C.S. Lewis defined integrity as doing the right thing when no one is watching. That's what integrity is. Integrity is wholeness of character. Now, as Christians, we understand that when we were born again, we became children of God. We carry the very nature of our heavenly Father, our God, in our spirit. And therefore, integrity, wholeness of character, is fully revealing through our lives um, who God is, that nature of God through our lives. And so, whether people are watching you or not, you will do the right thing because that's who you are. And of course, we understand that we have a daily choice to make, don't we? We understand that we have to renew our way of thinking in order to live as the children of God that God has made us. It's a process. Um, You're not going to get it right all the time. You're not going to get it right straight away. But God is working. And the very best thing we can do is say, God, keep working in my life. Keep teaching me your ways. Help me to lay aside the flesh and to walk in the way of your spirit. And as we do that, we will do the right thing more. And my prayer is that we will be a people, whether we're being watched or not, who do things God's way. And you know your life. You know what happens in the secret place. You know what other people don't see that you know regarding your life. God says, come on, sort this out. You've got to deal with this. Because if you don't deal with it, It'll be like the pipe in my house that has been leaking. And it's been drip, drip, dripping, apparently, for quite a long time. And the damage it can do behind the scenes of your life is intense. It's immense. It can do so much damage. And, and everyone, everyone looks at you and they see this wonderful Christian. They see this person that's just obviously getting it right. But you know what stuff in your life um, is not right. And I don't want to say that to, convict, to, to um, condemn you today, to cause you to feel guilt. Um, but what I do want to say is we're with you. Like We understand that everyone's on a journey and we want to help you to deal with all that stuff 
that you know is going on in the secret place that shouldn't be. Amen? Okay, I'm talking about all sorts of stuff. But let me just say it, particularly uh, pornography and, and looking at stuff that, that will destroy your life if you keep doing that stuff or secret drinking and stuff like that. It destroys people. And God wants you to deal with that stuff. Um, and not feel condemned right now, but to reach out to God and let God work in your life. So when people are watching you, when no one is watching you, and the third time we should do the right thing is when others are not doing the right thing. It takes courage, doesn't it? It takes guts to do the right thing when others around you are not doing the right thing. You know, people in this world, people that are not walking with God, um, will not be doing things God's way. They don't know God's way. Why would they be doing things God's way? And we live in a fallen world. The default is to move towards the fall rather than to move towards God in this world outside of God. But God's called us to stand out in this world. Amen? Back to First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, the verse before the ones we just read. It says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You're a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God's called us to be people of the light, people that reflect the goodness and the righteousness of God in and through our lives. But also, (coughs) the time to do the right thing is when others are not doing the right thing. That's not just the world, though. Sometimes that's other Christians. I'm not saying this to judge or anything like that, but not everyone who is saved is doing the right thing, right? Sometimes it takes more courage to stand out and do the right thing amongst other Christians who are living in compromise or even in hypocrisy, right? And I experienced this when I was a teenager. Um, You know, I I, I was in a church and I was amazed how many Christians, young people, um, you know, we could lift our hands and we could shout and we could jump. But actually, um, so many were not doing things God's way. And and I had to make the decision that I'm not going to think about them or judge them or I'm going to, for me, I'm going to live God's way. I'm going to do the right thing in my life. And it didn't come easy, and I made lots of mistakes and still make mistakes. Um, But I don't want to be, I don't want to go with the compromise, and I don't want to go with the hypocrisy. And if you know you're one of those people that's living in compromise or living in hypocrisy, today is the day to say, I'm going to change how I do things. I'm going to start to live God's way, do the right thing. Um, Doing the right thing. The last, uh, when is it right to do the right thing? The last uh, thing I want to say is this, when it's difficult. When it's difficult. When it's difficult, you should do the right thing. Um, Sometimes doing the right thing takes longer, right? It doesn't allow us to take those shortcuts that we maybe once would have taken. Sometimes doing the right thing is more expensive, Sometimes doing the right thing is more difficult, it's harder. 
But sometimes the wrong thing, which seems, it seems much quicker, it seems much cheaper, much easier, it's still the wrong thing. It's still the wrong thing. It's never wrong to do the right thing. Amen? It's never wrong to do the right thing. Even though it might be easier and cheaper and quicker, it's still the wrong thing. And we've got to be determined, especially living in this world, that we're going to be people that do the right thing. Doing the right thing can be really difficult when you're tired from the journey. Anyone ever been on that journey where you've been doing the right thing and doing the right thing and doing the right thing and you you know you're doing the right thing but you're not seeing the results yet, right? You know you're doing the right thing and it's tiring and you're disappointed because you haven't yet seen the results but if you know you're doing the right thing, I want to say to you today, keep going, keep going. It may have taken years so far, just keep going. Keep doing the right thing. If you know you're doing the right thing, keep doing it. Amen? Galatians 6 verse 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up doing the right thing. You will reap a harvest of blessing as you don't give up. Um, so two things as we just respond to this word today we're going to sing uh, a song of worship and um, as we do um, in just a moment I want you to take one area of your life one thing where you know you've been doing the wrong thing one area where or, or maybe where you're trying to do the right thing but you just don't feel you've quite conquered that yet or maybe an area of your life where um, you know you're doing the right thing um, but you haven't yet seen the results and we're just going to give all of that to God today as we worship at the end of the service Um, but just very quickly um, there may be people here today and you've never started your relationship with God and you've heard a lot about having a relationship with God today Um, you know what God who created everything, who created your individual life today. He loves you. He loves you so much. He designed you with purpose. He created you with a calling on your life. And there is nothing that you can do in this life um, that will truly satisfy you unless you take God's path for your life. And the the first way to get on God's path for your life is to say yes to Jesus, is to understand and accept and believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he took your sin, he took all your wrongdoing that you've ever done or even ever will do. And he paid the price when he died on the cross. He took your punishment. And as a result, you can stand right before God. God accepts you. He loves you. And the only thing stopping you from running into his arms is you saying yes to Jesus. So let's just bow our heads and let's just pray together this morning. I just want you to pray this prayer in your hearts with me. You don't need to repeat out loud today. Just pray this prayer in your hearts with me to say yes to Jesus. 
Say, dear Father, I understand that you love me and always have. I understand that you sent Jesus into this world. Jesus lived a right and a perfect life. And then Jesus went to the cross. And Jesus took the sin of the world upon himself, my sin, when he died on the cross. And I accept that because Jesus took my sin, my wrongdoing, I am now right before you, God. The one thing that separated me from you has been dealt with. And I thank you, Father God, that I can now run into your arms, that I can know your love, that I can walk with you, that I can have your wisdom and have your strength in my life for the rest of my life. So I surrender my life to you, Lord. I give my life to you, Jesus. I say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died and you were buried. You rose from the dead and you've prepared a place in heaven for me. Help me to live for you, Lord. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed just for a moment. If you prayed that prayer in your hearts today and you've said yes to Jesus, you're starting a relationship with him today. Would you just raise your hand? Just wherever you're sitting, just raise your hand so I can see you and so I can pray for you today. Be brave, be bold. Thank you. Okay, you lift your heads up. If you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, um, after the service, uh, someone may approach you just to give you some literature and to offer to pray with you. Um, if, uh, if no one approaches you, please just go to the banner at the back that says, Best Decision Ever. And uh, when you go there, just let, let the person know um, that you put your hand up today, that you said yes to Jesus. Would you stand? We're just going to sing just for a couple of moments. Um, just to seal what has been spoken about today, doing the right thing. So what is that for you? What does that mean to you today? Where have you been going wrong? Where have you been doing the wrong thing? Is it in the quiet place? Is it in the secret place? Is it actually in front of others? Is it because the journey has been difficult? Is it because everyone else is doing the wrong thing so you've just been joining in with them? Well, today, let's just surrender once again to Jesus let's surrender once again to him and let's commit in our hearts that we're going to do things God's way do the right thing thank you Father Lord that you help each one of us Lord you strengthen each one of us to do the right thing as we worship now Father I thank you Lord that you strengthen us you fill us with your spirit and you help us to be everything that you've called us to be